We don't have to sing. Let's not. Oh, hello, gentle listener. Welcome to Hot Drinks. Before... I'm fucking drunk. God damn it. Like and subscribe. Hi, dummies. Oh, oh, just like the white winged dove sings a song, sounds like she's singing. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I can't believe you knew those words. Because oh, all I... I knew was like, sing a song, sing a song, sing a song. Ooh, baby. Ooh. Well, guess what? I wrote that song. No, I was listening to it on the way over here because uh-huh. it was on the radio. And I had the thought of. I wonder what the words are when she's going. Sansa, 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 Sansa. <laughs> so I looked them up. Did you just use Apple Music? Because it literally just tells you the lyrics right there. <laughs> I don't ever use Apple Music. I don't know why I'm scared of it. You shouldn't be. When we were trying to get our segment ready to talk about WAP, WAP. Sister Twain spent 45 minutes on Google <laughs> trying to find the WAP lyrics. And she kept only finding the clean version, the, the clean version. which says wet and gushy. Wet and gushy, yeah. And I was like, it's like literally you wet click a button on gushy. Apple Music and all the lyrics are right there. Like it's just right there. Yeah. She was like, hold on, let me just Google it. Hold on. Wet ass pussy explicit. Oh no, this is the clean one again. So anyway. So anyway. Hi, welcome to Hot Drinks. Welcome to Hot Drinks. This is Latter Day Twaint. And I am Brother Jack Coffee or Bishop Coffee if you're nasty. Or Jay Coff. <laughs> That's is that one of them? Jay Coff? Well yeah, kinda like J Lo. Oh, okay. I thought you were gonna say kinda like Jack Off. I was trying to make a new one. Okay, great. Anyway. Um, so this is a podcast. We record it, meaning <laughs> we talk into a device. It makes an a computerized audio track of what we say and then it plays it back to you. And it sounds like a computer. It sounds like a computer. We are talking like a computer. We talk about embroidery. We talk about arts and crafts. <laughs> we talk about parenting and some of our strategies to get through just, you know, good snacks we make our kids after school. We talk about those canning. things. We talk about canning. We love canning. Making jam. We love, oh God, we love making fucking jam. We talk about making some fucking jam <laughs> all the fucking time. All you cunts in your Dude. store about jam. We just want some fucking jam. Fuck you guys. Do you remember the Friends episode where she was all about making jam? No. Did you watch Friends? I forget. Yeah. Oh, okay. And it's the one where Joey was jumping on the bed and broke his arm. <laughs> I don't remember any She's of She's all about making jam. Uh-huh. She also wants to uh, have a baby, like like be inseminated. When you say she, you mean Monica. Oh right? yeah. Okay. Duh. Sorry. I mean, who else would be making jam? Uh, not, Rachel. No. 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 That. And then uh, one of the boys. No, that's Ra- too hetero non-normative. Rachel and Ross have a little hiccup in their relationship okay. because she likes to cuddle at night and he doesn't. Oh. And so Chandler tries to teach Ross the the hug and roll. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't remember that. Anyway. Oh, wait. No, it was the other way around. Sorry. I forget it. Friends was a good show. It was a good show. It was fun. It was good times. Monica made jam. She I did. saw that episode live. I was there. You like can hear my laugh. Audience? You can hear my laugh in the show. <laughs> wait, who has Friends now? Because I know it like moved around. Is it on HBO Max? What is it on? I don't fucking know. It was like moving around. It was a thing because it was leaving Netflix. Yes. So I don't know where it is now. Yeah, I think people had parades in the street that it was leaving Netflix. Not because they hated it, but just because they were like, why? Why did we need it ever? So then they had a parade? I, I'm making a joke. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Anyway, so 
This is a podcast. Piece of shit. Um, we... Oh, I got a text. We talk about stuff. Sister Twain text, checks her text during the show. Okay. Oh, it is from our guest. Yes. Okay, so that's fine. Uh-huh. Um, okay, Thank so... Thank you. Do, what do you want to say to introduce yourself? Anything? Oh, okay, so... <clears throat> I am... Voluptuous. Okay. <laughs> statuesque. I'm nothing if not statuesque. Nothing if not statuesque. I... And you don't have COVID. I don't... Oh, my God. So, I... Don't know if you've noticed this, gentle listeners, but for the last eight months that right. we've been recording. Surely you've never heard it. I have been clearing my throat chronically. You guys, and I'm I, I'm really <clears throat> glad none of you know about this because I spend hours after we record each episode and I just go through every nanoparticle of that audio track. And I just, I, I delicately erase by hand yeah. each throat clear. Yeah. Because I don't want that just sound to pop in your ears. Right. Because I care about you as listeners. So I take the time to go through and just carefully, careful, and sometimes it's intertwined with dialogue and so I've got to play with the levels and, and it's stuff. Intricate. And I'm using an, an audio m- manipulating app. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It's called Audio Manipulator. <laughs> and it's complicated. But So I'm glad, so this is news to all of you. I'm- you all have no idea, but... Probably. If you'd been around Sister Twain in real life, you would know that she has been clearing her throat for eight months. You are so skilled. I'm so glad none of you know about it. Um. Anyway, so it's gone on, it's gone on, it's gone on. Some days are worse than others. And so I thought, I want to see if I have like some permanent lung damage mm-hmm. because I am like clearing the shit back there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so I wanted to see if I had... COVID when I had the quote unquote flu the quote unquote second time uh-huh. in late December. Right. The antibody test came back negative. Okay. I so did not have COVID. COVID. Okay. No. So uh, we're still trying to get to the bottom of whatever the fuck this is, guys. I'm trying, guys. I'm trying. This is me trying. So you went to like an ENT. I did go to an ENT. And then on Tuesday, I'm going to an allergist. Oh, okay. And then on... Uh, Friday, I'm going to New Orleans. To fuck a Republican. So he says he's not Republican. I, like, <laughs> Jesus, like, you have said that to me, and I want to punch a fist through a wall. Okay, anyway. I don't let's change care let's change- <laughs> what is on your voter registration card. My mother is a Republican, but she's voting for Joe Biden. So I don't care what's on her voter registration uh, right, card. Right, exactly. Anyway, anyway, let's change the subject. She loves that Kamala. Um, Kamala? Okay, so, oh my God, I'm going to punch you. <laughs> I, I, why do I always say I'm going to punch you? I would never punch a woman. I know, but it's so it's funny. Horrible. It's horrible. No, but it's not funny. We shouldn't joke about abuse to women. Well, then what should you say instead? I'm going to throw myself up a building. I don't oh, know. Oh, okay. Both of those, those, feel, of those. Both of those took a dark <laughs> turn. <laughs> so one important thing we want to talk about today, something we always keep tabs on, is yes. Robert Pattinson. Jesus, fuck the Lord. Sorry, that was yours. That was mine. That That's was yours. Fine. By the way, gentle listener, the other day... What I, did you even send me? I sent you... Something. Some hot a hot dude pic. On Instagram. And you said, Jesus, fuck the Lord. <laughs> that was my response. I cackled. I was in my room, in the quiet, middle of the day. It's a great saying, though, so please incorporate it into your daily vocabulary. Anyway, Jesus, fuck the Lord. Robert Pattinson is full emo. Yeah. And greasy hair. Yeah. But not like poor guy greasy hair, like rich guy greasy hair. Oh, yeah. 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 And he's the new Batman. Guys, I don't know why they keep recycling this. No. We we were just talking about this, but 
Let's we'll focus go. on Robert. We'll go because of Robert. Yes. But but yeah, but why do we need another Batman, Batman movie? Yeah. And why do we need another dark and gritty Batman, right. Batman movie? We could have a bubbly gay we have. It was called Batman and Robin. It was the one with Mr. Freeze. <laughs> right. It was Joel Schumacher, and it was super, super gay. Oh, my God. Robin had big plastic nipples. That movie sucked so oh, bad. Oh, no. No, no, no. It was no. so bad. I think you should go revisit it. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was pure camp. It was pure camp. <clears throat> so. It was made by a gay man. Oh. Well, okay. Joel Schumacher. Yeah, yeah. And he was going for this campy, kinky, absurd comic book and it was brilliant well i guess i should revisit it he was ahead of his time Mm. but now we're just like what if you guys hold up what if (laughs) this is the meeting happening at like warner brothers or whoever right you guys what if yeah what if we really got to the dark side of batman i'm listening what i mean he's so dark what if we got to that dark side and you know what batman really is he's a white man with a lot of money who, instead of investing in the infrastructure of his city mm-hmm. to help, you know, to create, like, after-school programs and jobs programs, <laughs> he is flying around like some fucking vigilante. Perpetuating his Beating up people of color. Yeah. I mean, it's a whole... It's a... Beating up people of color. And, and it's not working. <laughs> He's been doing it for years, and Gotham City's still a shithole. I know. So maybe invest in some after-school programs, Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Anyway, I'm anyway. curious. Uh, yeah, I just want to see Robert. Okay. I know. But here's the thing. What? I just don't know why, because, you know, there's this whole DC versus Marvel thing. And I don't take a strong stance because I'm not a big comic book person. But the Marvel movies are so fun. Whether whether you like them or not is a whole other story. It may not be your thing. But they're just fun and silly and and magical and, like, you know, you... The swell of emotions when the good guys win and all that stuff. (sighs) Right. And the... And the and DC has just decided the the way to for them to make a name for themselves sure. is just to make these dark gritty. They made like fucking dark so, and gritty Superman. So here's what I'm thinking. Here's yeah. the, here's 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 my spin on it. Yeah. Your spin is what did you say? Fun versus dark and gritty. Well, and I don't think every movie has to be fun, but I just think like super like superhero movies should be shouldn't be depressing. Right, every single right. one of them. Uh-huh. They should have some. Um, they should have some like excitement and joy that the good guys win. I mean, uh-huh. anyway, that's what superheroes I, my, are for. My take on it uh-huh. is rather uh, formulaic versus edgy. Yeah, but they're they're formulaic while being edgy. Just, God damn it. <laughs> We're having an actual discussion here. <laughs> but here's what is good. There's a new trailer out for WW84, which is Wonder Woman 84. Uh-huh. And it looks magical. Yeah. Tell me about why. Well, it takes place in the 80s. Oh. So it's already got... That's why it's oh. called WW84. It takes place in oh. 1984. So it's already got kind of a campy, glammy, glitzy feel. Kristen Wiig is the villain. Does she wear a banana clip? Probably. I can't wait. She, at one point in the trailer, says, I'm an apex predator, or I want to be an apex predator, which I think we all know is a direct callback to Mean Girls the Musical, the song Apex Predator. <laughs> so it's just, uh, it just feels like, I'll make you watch the trailer on the break. Make, it just make. feels more campy and more fun. I'm not saying that they all have to be completely <clears throat> just fun and mindless, but I just think like, that's why we go to like a superhero movie. I don't go to a superhero movie to see like, what was that movie we saw that I fell asleep in about the guy that sews things? <laughs> 
the fuck you're talking no, about? It was like, it wasn't all the Oscars. It was like nominated for a bunch of awards <laughs> oh, and everyone so loves good. it. And everyone loves it, but uh, I fell asleep. Phantom Thread. The Phantom Thread. I don't need to see the Phantom Thread when brilliant, I go to Batman. Brilliant, brilliant movie. I've, but yes, but yes, I hear what you're saying. You don't I, want to feel like you need a master's degree to no, understand the movie. No, and I don't care about like how angry Batman is. I just want to see some get, good guys beat up some bad guys. Yeah. One other quick bit of women's work. Okay. Did you hear Mm-mm. Kellyanne Conway is leaving the White House? I did, too, because she needs to attend to her family. And did you hear that George Conway, her husband, who hates her and they fight all the time <laughs> on Twitter, is leaving the Lincoln Project because they need to focus on their family? This is all because of their 15-year-old daughter, Caitlin. I yes. think that's her name, is Caitlin. Yeah. Who has been tweeting and posting TikToks about what pieces of shit her parents are. <laughs> She has just been posting about how she's like, my mom fucking ruined my life when she took that job. <laughs> and I, genuinely, I do feel empathy for, I think her name's Caitlin, but I don't remember. So I feel empathy for the daughter of Kellyanne Conaway because she's 15 years old. She does not need to be in the spotlight for these kind of things. Absolutely. But I love that she kind she, of called her parents out and held them accountable and said, yes. Quit being such pieces of shit so you can fight on TV and be parents. Yeah. Instead of lying to the American people. Amazing. Anyway, so fuck you, Kellyanne Conaway. I know. Bye. Good luck with your daughter. I hope she hates you forever. Bye, Kelly. So we have a special guest tonight. It is the husband of Heavenly Milk. Right. You may remember him as Sky Daddy. Right. That's how we know him. You may know him as Sky Daddy. And um, uh, he... Wasn't sure at first if he wanted to do this. Okay. And then Heavenly Milf that night texted me and was like, Sky Daddy totally wants to do it. The night that she recorded? Yeah. Oh, okay. She I texted didn't know me that. that night. I didn't know that. And <clears throat> so uh, we had some family things. Because, you know, Heavenly Milf is part of my ex-husband's family. Right. And there were we some... Had trauma in your family kind of a double whammy trauma in that on that side of the family and so we would have done it sooner and and if but if we had we may have not had that like exquisite five h's that i am that was a great episode you guys i hope you really enjoyed that did you guys get what i was doing because that we were supposed to say h's that weren't horny but all five of mine were. were horny. Wasn't that funny? Oh I don't God. know if you guys figured that out, but go back and listen again. Yeah. And all of my H's are horny, <laughs> even though none of them were supposed to be. It's so funny. It's so funny, you guys. I'm going to ask Sky Daddy what he thinks of Robert Pattinson. Okay. Um, I was with some family today, by the way, some of my ex-Mormon family who listens to the show, and I was talking to my brother's wife. And she, I don't know if she listens. I know my brother listens. I don't know if she listens, but she was like, she was like, I know you talk about some things your brother does not want to hear about. And I'm like, oh, I know that's true. I 100% know that's true. Right, right. Yeah. So anyway, I just thought it was funny. Is this your ex-Mormon brother who's married? Yeah. Because you also have a Mormon brother who's married. I have, yes. I have one Mormon brother who's married. I have one ex-Mormon brother who's married. I have one ex-Mormon brother who's divorced and I have one ex-Mormon brother who's gay. Gay. And then there's you. And then there's me. And then... I'm also an ex-Mormon and gay. And what do we do with that? What? Well, nothing. We stay home <laughs> and cry ourselves to sleep at night. So anyway, so we're going to take a little break and when we come back, we're going to be riding on the wings of Sky Daddy. <laughs> Just on like the, the wings of Sky Daddy. Up. Oh, man. I was singing on the wings of love. Oh, I know. <laughs> Well, and you were singing, sing a Just song, like sing a song. Just like the white 
winged dove. Sing the song. This whole time I thought it was one winged dove. Oh. Which would be just sad. The one. Oh, yeah. Winged dove. You don't want to fly on the one winged dove. That feels dangerous. Well. Ooh, baby. Ooh. Anyway, let's forget it. Okay, so let's take a break. Yeah. We're going to watch the WW84 trailer, then we're going to call Sky Daddy. <laughs> Daddy. Hey. What's up? <laughs> We're so happy. This is recording, just FYI. Awesome. It, just, it starts as soon as you click that button. Okay. We've we've That's had a little said. we've had a little technical difficulty getting connected. Uh-huh. As but we you're always, here now, as, as we we're want do. to do. <laughs> so this is so exciting. Um I first of all, Sky Daddy. Um I did not think that you would want to do this when you when Heavenly Milf told me you were kind of up in the air about it. I did not expect her to come back and say he totally wants to do it. And secondly, this will be the longest conversation that you and I have ever had. (laughs) I know. I had the exact same thought. And I'm not going to lie. I'm super nervous. So it's like this was a – it definitely took some convincing for me to do. (laughs) (laughs) Also, before we started recording, we were talking about you have a very sexy real name. You're – your name in real life, which we don't need to reveal, right. is very sexy. It's a good name. <laughs> That's Congratulations. Good. I mean, I Thank didn't you. say that. I said that. Yeah. I said that. <laughs> don't want to make it weird. So before we jump into like the meat and potatoes of this interview, <laughs> why did you decide you wanted to do this after you, after, yeah, after we talked to Heavenly Milf? Um, I don't know. I just, I love like listening to her story and uh-huh. um just kind of hearing like you know our story together and kind of like going through everything with you guys and stuff like that and I was like I don't know it might be kind of cool to like throw my perspective out there on all of it as well and for sure um I've never done a podcast before so that's exciting as well Well, welcome I'm super into podcasts I mean you're going from zero to 60 you're going from (laughs) never having done a podcast doing a podcast with literally millions of listeners around the world. <laughs> we do have oh. listeners around the world, but more like maybe hundreds. 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 Yeah, not yeah, millions. Yeah. Hundreds. <laughs> so um uh so that was well, a I mean great, like, was a great segue. A great segue. I just it's because I have five questions in my head at okay. once. But like where would you like to start Adam? I mean I I kind of like to start Sky Daddy. Fuck uh that was weird i don't know why i said that we did hear about a little bit about your both of your histories kind of together from heavenly milf but do you want to tell us a little bit about kind of your upbringing or do you want to jump right in with i I would like to hear about that okay great so let's jump in with as i say yeah okay cool okay so you grew up mormon yes yeah very um you know orthodox like devout mormon my entire life um born and raised in utah right um yeah it's you know it was all i ever knew my entire life and okay um were you like you were like the teacher's quorum president and then like the priest quorum advisor second counselor like all those things oh yeah yeah all of it for sure cool um and yeah i don't know i you know, I was, I was the kind of kid that like never like really had any qualms with the church or anything like that. I, I didn't ever really question it or go through like a rebellious phase or anything like that. Um, you know, my whole life, I, so I was the oldest, I'm the oldest in my family too, of my siblings. And so people were just always like, yeah, you like, you're the, you're the example to your younger siblings. And like, 
um, you know, you're, you're the guy that's going to be like the bishop and the state president someday. Right. Yeah. And um, I actually at a state conference, uh, L. Tom Perry came and spoke and we went up on the stand to meet him afterwards. I was like 14 years old and he and just he's grabbed me. a real tall me. motherfucker. Oh yeah. Like yeah. the most intimidating person tall ever. Tall and sure. lurpy. Just lurpy. Like, yeah. Yeah. Former like college football player, just a huge guy. Um, and so he grabs me by both of my shoulders and he just goes, it is your responsibility to be a good example to your younger siblings. Oh, okay. And, and you're 14. Yeah. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> just, like, just like terrifying experience and just like stuck with me forever after that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's so, trauma. So, so fun. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and so, yeah, I mean, yeah, I just never really had any issues with it and, you know, I felt that- like... And I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I think like when you're like a straight male, like member of the church, I think it's really easy to just feel comfortable with the church because the church was built for straight white men for other straight Mm -hmm. white men. So when you're a straight white man, you're like, oh, yeah, this is great. Like, oh, yeah, this. this is real cool. And it doesn't feel oppressive or weird or confusing or whatever, because like it was designed for you. It was yep. designed to yep. make you happy. And so you're like, yeah, this is great. I'm totally into this. So yeah, absolutely. Right. I mean, when we, you know, we still taught, we have friends that like still attend and stuff like that, but they're not really believing, but they're just like, yeah, we just kind of take the good parts and it works for us. And we're like, well, yeah, you're a straight white man. Of course it works. <laughs> right. It's easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I even had that conversation with my dad, which was one of the most kind of thoughtful things my dad said to me about like leaving the church and coming out where he basically said like, I can, I, I can't remember the words he used exactly, but basically said like, it's easy for me to say, we don't have all the answers and we can wait because I'm a straight white man. And totally. he's like, I can see how being a gay man, that it's harder to say like, we don't have all the answers. We need to wait for God to, to tell us what's going on with this. So yeah, anyway, I thought it was kind of a, kind of a intelligent comment by my dad, but rare. Whatever. It's rare. not sure. rare for your dad, right. but rare for people to have that perspective so you went on a mission right yeah yeah so went on a mission right at 19 um how was that uh honestly i loved it so i went to to germany (laughs) okay um loved the like the culture the people the language everything right um and the nice thing too is like it's so freaking hard there that like you don't really get baptism so now i don't like right. feel bad that i can convince right. people to join this church right I, don't know in. I went to italy so same same thing yeah i don't yeah i yeah. don't feel bad at all i didn't teach anyone the gospel the italians <laughs> <don't care. laughs> but did they give me some delicious pasta and some delicious panini yes yes, yes they, they did, did. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so i mean mission was great like made some good friends and everything kind of like just a cool experience or whatever came back home from my mission and like um just you know did the whole like started at uvu transferred to byu hawaii after that oh, <gasps> i nice. didn't know that well done. yeah which is definitely like the best of the byus like yeah because it's very <laughs> exactly and like i mean it just no matter like you can it's easier to ignore all the patriarchy all the racism <laughs> exactly. all the homophobia because you're in hawaii you're in the motherfucking hawaii <laughs> Well, and it's nice because, like, you don't have the narc culture there like you do at the other BYUs where, like, everybody's just kind of, like, ratting each other out for breaking the commandments or whatever. really? They don't? No, no. (gasps) Like, it's, yeah. Okay, Honestly, and I I think it's probably probably because it's also more ethnically diverse there. Um, Yeah. They have, like, you know, people from all over the world there, mostly, like, the South Pacific and Asia and stuff like that. But But so it's a little um, more chill. Yeah, for sure. 
So um, BYU Idaho is the most narky oh, of yeah. all the BYUs. Yep. And then BYU Provo is the middle, and then BYU Hawaii is the most like laid back. Lucy Goosey. For sure. Yeah. We love it. Yeah, so it was great. Got my degree there, came home, started my career, and then uh, you know, got into like menace to society status. It like took me a long time to get married by Mormon standards. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, because I was twenty-eight, I think, when Danielle and I or when uh what heavenly milk <laughs> heavenly milk yeah so for people who don't know that have that um menace to society reference was from who said that brigham young or something brigham young, i think yeah it was said that, yeah if God you're like if you're it's 20 he was such a what piece did he of say shit. 24 yeah he was a piece of shit but anyway he said if you're 24 or 25 or whatever and unmarried you're a menace to society so yeah and the mormons yeah. still believe that so so yeah, yeah you were 28 so you were 28 so how way old, past that how old are you now sky daddy I am now 33. Okay, okay. that's kind of what I thought. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So you met Heavenly Mills. So we met, fell in love instantly, did the whole like short dating, short engagement thing. Right. Um, can I ask, I mean, can I ask yeah. were you a virgin? I was, yeah. <gasps> wow, good boy. <laughs> but I mean, it was kind of, it was kind of like the, you know, towing the line, like you kind of go as far as you can. Right. Um. But yeah, so we met, fell in love, quick engagement. Um, I guess, I don't know, by Mormon standards, I think it was like six months from the time that we met until we were married. So maybe that's kind of long. Maybe but... by Mormon <laughs> standards, maybe that is kind of long. <laughs> but, but, but not not out of the ordinary. Right. Yeah. And um, uh, you were married in the temple. Got married in the temple, um, all that. Uh, so I had two siblings before me that had both had babies out of wedlock. So... Um, and then my other sibling was too young still. So I was kind of the first one to like go through the whole process in the quote. Right. right. Do it correctly. Right. Yes. Again, just like L. Tom Perry asked you to do. <laughs> exactly. You yeah. were living right up to his. He to his saw edict. in your eyes. He saw the future of your siblings having babies. <laughs> yeah, and that's he why he grabbed you by the shoulders. And he was like, you got to save this family. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And so you and Heavenly Milf have been married how long now? Uh, just over five or like five and a half years. Yeah. Okay. And you've got the three kids. And yeah, we've got three kids. Which is fucking crazy. But, but, <laughs> yeah. but I'm obsessed with them. As you know, we're all obsessed with them. Um, and I don't know them. I'm not obsessed with them. That, but I'm sure they're lovely. That'd be creepy if you were. <laughs> it would be creepy. Um, so, and then remind us. Because I know Heavenly Milf mentioned this in hers, but like when you guys, well, when did you specifically, Sky Daddy, start questioning or doubting? Yeah, so I think it was, um, I don't know, there was, there was a long time, I think being kind of older in the church and going through the whole singles ward process and stuff um, started me kind of on that path of at least acknowledging that there were cultural things in the church that I didn't like. Uh-huh. Um, and for so for example, a long time, uh, let's say I'm trying to think. I mean, I think a lot of the, yeah, I think a lot of the, like the 
kind of the push for like people to get married super fast and have babies right away and like all that kind of stuff i mean these are things that like directly affected me right it is funny even now to hear you say like being an older member of the church and you were 28 like a 28 year old to me (laughs) is like a tiny baby you know oh yeah yeah yeah. like if i if someone tells me they're 28 i just think like oh you're so young like you're just barely figuring your life out but it really is true that in mormonism you're kind of like old and people are like what's wrong with you yeah why haven't you had any babies yet exactly yeah totally it's so anyway, it's so weird so so you're questioning some cultural things or you're you're uncomfortable with some of the com- cultural things and yeah and I think I I mean I never really like felt comfortable with the way that the church talked about like the LGBTQ community and stuff like that um there were you know I I think for my entire life I could never really explain polygamy or like uh the priesthood ban and like things like that you know right. so it's stuff like that. And you just kind of try to like justify it. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'd, I'd come up with the same canned responses as everybody and just kind of yeah. be like, yeah, like I'll, if I don't know now, I'll know in the next life yeah. or like, yeah. um, that's know, such a convenient answer to just be able to say like, well, we don't understand all of God's mysteries, you know? So it just mm-hmm. like, it eliminates all questioning and discussion and, you know, pushback. Cause you're just like, well, we don't know the way of the God of God, and you're just supposed to leave it at that. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, it's kind of what you were mentioning before, you know, it totally comes from a place of privilege. Cause it's like, if you're the person who's being oppressed in the church, you don't right. have the convenience to just say that. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, right. But yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of like where a lot of it started. Um, and then I think like the really big shift for me was after our first baby was born um, and just kind of like, you know, experiencing this love for this child, like that was like greater than anything I had ever experienced before. Mm -hmm. And, and so for me, like the immediate, like where my mind went immediately was like this, this baby literally could never do anything where I would like shut her out of my life or not allow her into my home or something like that. And so then I was just like, well, why would God be different than that? Like, that doesn't even make sense. Especially if it's something as like ridiculous as like coffee or, or whatever. Right. 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 And, yeah. have you, and you know that I, meme where it's jesus hugging the person coming into heaven and he's like at least you never masturbated like yeah. it just seems ridiculous like <laughs> yeah. why would jesus well, there's care? also a coffee one. at least I'm you so didn't... glad you didn't drink coffee yeah yeah like yeah. what a stupid thing that like the god of the universe would care about <laughs> exactly right and so yeah and so it's like i started to think about that and like i mean to this day like when people talk to me about it i'm like okay my parents right now currently know that i drink alcohol they know that i drink coffee and do all these other things and i'm still allowed in their home so like um wow yeah so that was would god be different yeah exactly he was supposed to be like the perfect parent or whatever yeah so that was kind of like where my mind went um and like a pretty big shift uh i would say um and so she was born in march of 2015 and november is when the the yeah the exclusion policy came out yeah yeah Yeah. And so that was like the thing that like totally broke my shelf. Uh Um, And it was just, I think when, when it first happened, um, Heavenly Milf and I were, she was like out of town, I think. And I was just at home hanging out or whatever. And then she texted me and she was like, Hey, did you see that the church like had this policy that they said or whatever? And um, Mm -hmm. when she first texted me, I was like, Oh, that can't be true. Like, there's no way that they would do something like that. Right. Like, right. 
you're probably just like misinterpreting him by the way my bishop was like that can't be true and i was like yeah it actually is yeah yeah that's yeah so insane and so i was just like yeah like it's i don't know you're probably misunderstanding it so i immediately like went on to like social media and started looking for stuff about it and then looked found it on facebook right there like exactly what she said yeah and so my very first thought was like the whole second article of faith thing like that they won't be punished for the sins of their parents or whatever and and so i was just like holy shit like what this this isn't right like this isn't a good thing and then my next thought was what is my life going to be like without mormonism um because i'm like like, i'm done peace out yeah and so like and can I interrupt really quickly? I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, just in case people don't know, I think probably most of our listeners do, but just in case someone does Just doesn't, in case. The exclusion policy essentially was a policy that the church came out with that said that the children of LGBTQ parents, that, that people that were in LGBTQ relationships and got married were apostates and would be excommunicated from the church. Yes. And that the children of such unions would not be allowed to be baptized, to be you know, to go on missions, to to get the priesthood, like to have any of the kind of traditional kind of sacraments of the LDS church um, without like special permission. And so it really was a huge slap in the face to the LGBTQ community. And especially because like at that point, like marriage was legal between, yes. you know, between gay right. people. So like you could be a single person, like fucking a new dude every night of the week. Right. And, and your kids would be totally fine. Yep. But if you were a gay person who got married to a spouse and was in a monogamous relationship or whatever, or whatever. then your kids were banned from participation in the church. Yeah. And so yeah. it was it was a kind of a bombshell that that I think broke a lot of people's shelves. I mean, that was when I officially removed my name from the records of as, the church. As mm-hmm. was as I did yeah. as well. So yeah. and, and it was something that the church, it wasn't even like a big announcement. It just sort of like appeared in a manual. Like I think the church was so oblivious to the fact that it was gonna be controversial for people yeah and -hmm. then the fact that it was they were really taken aback i think because they they just thought like it was no big deal like oh yeah we hate those dumb faggots right everyone's on the same page right (laughs) and then then when a whole bunch of people were like this is not okay yeah i think the church was left really scrambling because they had no idea which they should have known if they had the spirit of prophecy but they (laughs) didn't but anyway okay so sky daddy so you uh your next thought was, what will my life be without Mormonism? And then what happened? Did, did you just sit with that for a minute? Did you do... Did you, did do... you talk to Heavenly Milf about it right away? Or Yeah, so I actually, um, it, at that point, I was like, all right, well, I didn't really talk to her about it at all. And I was like, I just need to kind of like sit with this for a while and kind of uh-huh. fill it out and see what I think about it. And and then, you know, I studied it a little more, which didn't help anything. Right. <laughs> like, didn't clear more, anything up. It was still no, the, bigoted. Even when you really got into it, it's still bigoted. Exactly. Well, for me, it just it felt so targeted too. like, yeah. just like completely unnecessary. I'm like, how many instances of this are even happening in the church yeah. currently? And why couldn't they just decide with their bishop or their stake president or yeah. whatever? Yeah. Um, and so then shortly after that, it was pretty interesting because, um, so we used to do like Sunday dinners with my family all the time, um, where it was like me and all my siblings and our kids and stuff when we would all get together and have dinner at my parents' house. Um, and so this one night after we finished dinner, my dad was like, Hey, uh, can we all sit down? I want to talk to you guys about something. And 
and then we all sat down and we're like okay like what's this gonna be like super stressful mm. uh thing he's like trying to get us to all like sit down and have this like family discussion or whatever and he's like yeah so um you guys i'm sure have heard about this like policy that they just came out with and i just want to like talk to you guys about that and kind of see what you're feeling about it what? and which was like <laughs> for me it was like pretty crazy because I was like, I mean, we don't really do this like right. as a family. And, and I think he just knew that like a lot of people were having a lot of issues with it. And so he like wanted to see if his kids are kind of feeling the same way. Yeah. Um, Which is very unique in Mormon culture because like very... totally. Yeah. When the prophet speaks, like you listen and you it, do what you he are says, in you don't, yeah, you don't, you don't question it. Right. You just trust that it's true and you just move forward. Right. And well, it's, I mean, what's pretty crazy too is my dad is like one of those people that kind of has the opinion that like, even if it's just like a policy change, like it's still revelation. Yeah. Um, And so, yeah, it was like really surprising to me that like he wanted to address this and like talk with us about it. Um, But he like had also been a a bishop at BYU and stuff like that. So I think he kind of had a lot of experience with like younger kids going through faith crisis and stuff like that. And so, um, and pretty much everyone in the family was okay with it or just like didn't really have any issues um cool cool cool. like sure yeah and so for me i was like you know feel even more isolated and i pretty much just kind of sat there quietly through the conversation and like kind of spoke up a little bit but not like a you know not like going super in depth about how i was really feeling about it um and then after that that was pretty much the only discussion that ever happened between my family or with um heavenly milf and so for a good year to year and a half, I pretty much just kind of suffered in silence through it oh, wow. and, <clears throat> and just kind of had this like faith crisis for a solid year, at least um, just by myself, not being able to talk to anybody about it, feeling very isolated. Like I was the only <clears throat> one who felt this way. And it was like right. questioning my beliefs, which, you know, you find out later is all by design. Right. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> that's that's how it's supposed to work yeah yeah you're supposed to feel like you're the only one that feels that way yeah um and so So let's so so let's take a little break if that's okay sure yeah of course and then let's come back and let's talk about kind of what that transition to you and heavily milf and all of that good stuff awesome okay thanks sky daddy thanks (laughs) oh hi Okay. So where do we leave off? So you your your shelf was breaking. You were suffering in silence. Yeah. Yeah. So then um, after that, uh, I got called to be the elders quorum president. (laughs) (laughs) And you know, at the time, it was it was one of those things where I was like, "Well, I shouldn't be doing this. Like, I don't even know if I believe in it." (laughs) Can I just say one thing about the elders quorum president? Yeah. Not every elders quorum president is hot, but if someone in the ward is hot, it's the elders quorum president. <laughs> I mean, am I wrong? Like, think back to your past wards. If there was a hot dude in the ward, he was the elders quorum president. Every time. But not, but he doesn't have to be. He doesn't have he to be. He can be ugly, but right. if there is a hot person, it's he's the elders quorum president. And if there's someone hot who's not, you're like, why isn't he the elders quorum yeah. president? <laughs> yeah, you're like, what are they going to call him? He's so hot. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Anyway, go ahead. So you were the hot elders quorum president. Everyone was yes, like, this yeah. is the right calling. He's hot. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> um yeah and so i was just kind of like i mean i don't i don't know if i should do this but then like, i'm really um... hot but i don't really believe <laughs> exactly. okay i'm done i'm sorry i'm, I'm done <laughs> um yeah and so then i was like i mean 
so ultimately my conclusion was like, all right, well, this is probably a sign like, and this is my opportunity to kind of just like <clears throat> fully, <clears throat> excuse me, fully immerse myself again. And, um, Oof. and like rededicate myself to the cause right. kind of this thing, was right? god like throwing you a bone god's like we're gonna we're gonna work through this together buddy for real yeah exactly yeah and so so i'm just like yeah like you know i can kind of just get like lost in working with all these people in the ward and like you know trying to really just kind of like own this calling and do a good job at it and that'll rekindle my testimony or whatever right. um and so that was my attitude pretty much the complete opposite is what happened because okay, i just right. like I would I would get up on Sundays and just feel like a complete fraud um, because I was like saying all these things that I didn't really believe and like right. teaching these things that I didn't know. Right. Um, yeah. Had you, so, did you say anything to Heavenly Milf at this point about like your feelings about this calling or were you just like putting on a good show and like putting on your mask and going to work? Yeah, pretty much just okay. kind of like putting on the mask. Yeah. And just like going through the motions or whatever. Um, so then, you know, I'm a few months into the calling and, uh, Heavenly Milf and I went out to dinner one night and we were just kind of sitting there and eating and just talking about normal stuff. And then somehow the discussion came up about uh, my calling and about church and everything. And, and she was like, and I think I said something along the lines of like, yeah, you know, I've kind of just been treating this uh, calling as a job, like that I just need to do a good job at because I'm not necessarily like feeling super dedicated to like the actual underlying like reason for it or whatever. And, um, and she was like, oh yeah, like, I know that, like, I can tell that that's, that you've been just approaching this as like a job and not as like an actual, like spiritual calling or something. Right. Wow. Um, and so that kind of surprised me. And so then I was like, oh, so like, you know, that I've been struggling and she's like, yeah. (laughs) Wow. Um, and so I was just like, oh, well, I guess I should have been talking to you about this the whole time because it right. would have been a lot easier than like, right. just suffering in silence right. this whole time. Every time, every time. Let every me time. just put in a plug because we have we have heard this story more than once that like one person is kind of falling away and they're struggling in their heart yeah. and then they tell their spouse and their spouse is like, oh, I'm a Satanist actually. Like, <laughs> I just think like maybe not that extreme, but I just think like if you're listening to this and you're in that place where you're really struggling and like you... Like, I think, I mean, I don't want to say for sure your, your spouse is also on the way out, but I think like more often than not, I hear the story where two people were struggling on their own and then finally they talked and they were like, oh my God, why didn't we talk about this like six months ago? Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. Almost yeah. Like- it's like, just, just like, yeah. Talk with people that are safe because yeah. that was, I mean, that was the hardest thing for me is just going through that for so long alone. Yeah. And then finding out after, oh, there's like a ton of people that I could have actually talked to about. All and this feeling stuff. like I'm sure that you were like a failure as a father and that you were dragging your whole family down to hell. I mean, it's a totally. really weighty thing as a parent, especially because you're taught that like not only are you fucking up your own life, but you're fucking up the life of like your children and your spouse, too. So it's a right. very like heavy burden to take on. And disappointing yeah. Elton Perry. Yeah. And, right. Elton is yeah. pissed. <laughs> He's up in heaven, just like so pissed at me right now. I'm gonna name this segment L Thomas Piss. L Thomas Piss, <laughs> love it. Okay, so Heavenly Milf was like, I'm not surprised. Yeah, so she's like, I'm not surprised. And she's like, that's okay, you know. And and the the great thing about her, and you know, I knew this from the beginning, like I I never thought that she was gonna be like the type of wife that would divorce me over leaving the church. Right. Um, because that's just who she is. And like I knew that like what we had was stronger than anything like that. And so 
it wasn't that like it was a concern for me but it's also kind of my personality to just like bury a lot of emotion like bury that right. kind of stuff up and not really like address it with other people right um and so so yeah she was just like she was super supportive um you know we got into like a lot of my concerns a lot of the issues that i'd been having and so we you know we talked about that um and then from that point on it was kind of sort of the, just this like roller coaster of like her talking to me about things and kind of us together trying to decide how we want to approach this um, and like what we want to do. And so at the time that I was the elders corn president, we were renting the house that we were living in. Um, we got to a point where we decided that we wanted to buy a home and the owners of the house that we were renting offered uh, to have us buy the place from them. And the whole time I was just like, no, like I don't want to buy this place. Cause then because then you would still be in the same ward with the same neighbors. Exactly. And I, okay. and I, well, and also I'm like, I want out of this fucking calling. Like, yeah. Um, <laughs> because I mean, I was only, I think I only did it for a little over a year. It's usually a three year calling. That is like, a yeah. long I, damn time. It's a long you time. Don't yeah. believe. Right. And I'm just like, I cannot possibly imagine doing this for two more years. Right. Um, especially now, like that it's a little bit more out in the open that I'm struggling. Um, and so we ended up instead buying a house in Saratoga Springs. Um, and so we moved, uh, we were in Springville before that. So we, it was, you know, a pretty good move. And then just basically far away from like everybody that we knew in that area, like the ward and everything like that. Yeah. Um, so then we get out there and uh, Heavenly Milf is like, okay, like this is your, you know, this is your chance to decide like really what you want to do. Like, you want to keep going to church? Like, do you even want to start going to the ward here? And so I thought about it for a couple of days and then I came back to her and I was like, yeah, you know what? I think I want to keep trying and sort of just try to rededicate myself. Oh, oh wow. Um, oh, wow. Bless your heart. Right. Well, you oh tried God. so hard. Oh. Well, and it's like, you know, looking back, I'm like, well, you know, I was trying to deconstruct like 30 years. Oh of yeah. This being like every part Fair. of my life. Yeah. Fair. Um, and, and so this is what I think so much like, People, there is a belief with inside Mormonism that people who leave Mormonism do it because they're lazy or like they just oh, don't God. care. It was a casual decision. Like every single person I know who who has left Mormonism, like knows the history and knows the doctrine yeah. and has really mm -hmm. studied it and has really like tried to make it work. Like I, I have very rarely met someone unless yeah. they left when they were like 12 right. and yeah. were never really yeah. converted. It's, it's... But I have never met someone who didn't like really go through hell to try to figure out like, this is what I've been taught to believe my whole life. And, but it's not jiving with the life that I want to live. And how do I make this work? It is, like, it's not, it is a dark night of the soul. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. yeah. It's not a casual, yeah. like, yeah, I don't want to go anymore. You know, it's yeah. a real, it's like a real battle for most <clears throat> people. And so it really bugs me when Mormons want to present this idea that it's like, Oh, well he just left cause he's lazy or he, he left. The easy mm -hmm. road. He left cause he likes porn or, you know, cause <laughs> he wants to drink coffee. Like, no, like, the people who left like fought for that decision and really struggled to find, to like try to make it all make sense. Well, and that's what, that's what I always said. Like they, you know, we had even family members and I think you guys talked about with heavenly milk, the uncle and the family that uh, won't allow you into his house. Oh, yeah. And like, yeah. 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 So um, at one point he mentioned that, you know, since we hadn't left Mormonism and joined another religion, it just means that we're being lazy and, right. and like right. so it's just like all these things like that and like 
you know, I basically it, it would really frustrate me when people would say that because I'd be like, okay, you're saying that I'm just making this choice out of laziness or that I want the easy way out or something. I'm like, try sitting face to face with your parents and telling them something, you know, is going to absolutely devastate them. Yeah. Yeah. And like lazy decision. No. Yeah. So like anyway, but we, um, so you moved and you decided to give it one more go. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I think I just want to rededicate myself to this and just, you know, try to reconcile my issues and everything. And when I told her that she became like, visibly upset and like just upset with the idea in general i love it so and much. then i know and then i was just like wait a minute like you're you're having issues now she, was, she was ready like, like she was like this is it this is our out and then exactly. you're like i'm gonna try again and she's like fuck yeah exactly and and so she's like yeah i mean i didn't realize that it was gonna be this hard to hear that but like she's like i'm realizing now that church in general like going to church gives me like severe anxiety yeah. Um, and, you know, she was essentially a convert to the church. Um, I'm sure she talked about all of that before. Yeah. But um, and so her problem is she always kind of struggled with, with that, like imposter syndrome, yeah. where she felt like I don't know any of these stories that I'm teaching. I've never even read the Book of Mormon. Um, and then pretty going boring. Tell her not to worry about it. It's not worth I know. It. <laughs> it's not that. Yeah, it's not that great. <laughs> But, so, pretty racist if we're really honest it's like exactly book. so anyway justifies murdering people like, yeah, yeah it's fine so um so she's like yeah i just like i really struggle with going to church and and i was like okay well um yeah i mean i guess let's just kind of see <laughs> and so like for a while we kind of went a little bit and then you know we went enough to get callings um <gasps> and then she like pretty much just kind of decided to check out yeah and so i kind of started going by myself for a little bit and then they called me to be the teacher of the seven-year-olds and okay. i mean i have nothing against kids i love my own kids <laughs> but that age is a fucking nightmare yeah. <laughs> and trying to teach like any kind of lesson was just like a disaster every time it did not strengthen your testimony to teach no. a bunch of seven-year-old assholes it did like the complete opposite and so yeah. i was just like well i think this is kind of my sign yeah <laughs> so so right after that there was just one sunday where i was just like i can't do this anymore like this is it's just too much like so that night i went home texted our bishop and i was like hey you know we've we've been struggling for a while we've been experiencing this faith crisis and we're just we're not going to come anymore um and luckily he was like a really young guy like i think he's probably in his mid-30s and just the bishop of this ward and and so he's just super cool about it and he's like i mean so he texted me back he's like would you mind if we like get together and talk about some of the concerns you're having and i just texted him back. i was like you know i really i know like i don't really want to do that like yeah. we're kind of we're kind of past the point where yeah because I think at that point, Heavenly Milf was already reading the CES letter. Yeah. Um, and go. then, and then like shortly after that, I read it too. And I told her, I was like, I mean, a lot of this stuff is, is are things that I already knew um, because I had run a, into a lot of the, uh, you know, that quote unquote anti-Mormon material sure. on my mission. Yeah. And then it's like, now I'm seeing it like in a different context. I'm like, oh, like actually these things are really terrible. Exactly. And there's, yeah. there's no justification for them. And if anything you know, they just bury it and whitewash the history so that it looks nice. And, and we don't talk about these things. And, and so, yeah, from that point, we were pretty much fully done. Um, so the Bishop like took that as an, he was okay with that. Like they didn't try to like send the home teachers or anything or. 
No, no, not at all. And we, you know, we still had home teachers after that, but they were really cool too. Like they'd stop by sometimes and just be like, one of them was like our, our neighbor across the street. And so they just stop by and be like, Hey, yeah, we just want to make sure you guys are okay. Um, honestly, I kind of got the vibe from the war that a lot of people were scared of us, which is, you know, pretty normal. (laughs) (laughs) Is that because you're hot? What was it? Because how uh, else has tattoos? I mean, she's hot. Probably, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they were tattoos. like, "Don't." The tattoo people finally left. You guys were safe. <laughs> we're gonna be okay. Exactly. Um, well, it's funny too because she like when she so she was a primary teacher in that ward, and she had like little kids coming up to her all the time, and they'd be like, "Oh yeah, those are tattoos. Those are bad." And she's just like, "Um, no, they're not. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't know what to say to you." Uh, oh God. But, oh, good times. Okay, and but so- yeah, I think. Sorry, no, go ahead. You're gonna say, go ahead. I was just gonna say, I think, yeah. So I think they were just kind of scared of us because it's like they knew that we had like done the whole faith crisis thing and like, yeah. made the decision to leave. Yeah. Um, yeah. Great. I love it. And then, how? What was the timeline from there to talking about opening oh. up your marriage or becoming non-monogamous or however you label it? Sorry, you kind of cut out there. Could you? Oh yeah. So what's the timeline? What was the timeline from realizing you're really done sending the text to the Bishop and then, um, starting to, uh, play around with the idea of being non-monogamous. So, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think it was probably about a year or so after that, where, you know, that first year is so brutal when you, when you leave, it's just like, trying to like oh. navigate so many different things yeah. um, oh yes your oh, whole yes. family is just like so devastated they don't know how to approach you or how to talk to you yeah um yeah. you know definitely like a ton of uncomfortable conversations and interactions in there and stuff like that um and so yeah like for that first year or two it was just kind of like trying to figure everything out and like figure out what this new life even means um especially from especially for me having you know been 30 years in the church and then trying to figure out where I'm going to go from here. Well, and you have to redefine, like, it's so complicated because you have to redefine your whole belief system. You have to figure out, like, what do I, what do I actually, especially as a parent, you have to figure out, like, well, what do I actually care? Like, what values do I care about my children learning about? You know, are they the same as they were when I was Mormon? Are they different? Yeah. What does that look like? And when you've grown up in the church, you've never seen anything else modeled like all you know is the mormon way you know so it's suddenly like oh well how do i talk to my kids about all these other things or what do i really believe in so it's incredibly yeah it's incredibly incredibly complicated yeah yeah and so i I think that was so much of it is just figuring all that stuff out and kind of where we stand on everything um but it was also like a really great time because it was super liberating you know i i really like to read a lot and so um, I just started consuming like all these different things that were kind of like taboo before or like right. things that we're not supposed to read or, or right. whatever. Um, and so kind of in the middle of all that, I came across the book Sex at Dawn and um, read that and it kind of, you know, just blew my mind. Like, <laughs> What is Sex at Dawn? I'm not familiar with this book. So the the book basically just goes over like what our what humans biological like sexual sexuality is and how basically the truth about it has kind of been stifled throughout all of history, um, mainly by religious belief and um, pretty much just used as a means to 
bolstering up this patriarchy and you know making women feel like they're supposed to be like asexual essentially and they're just there to serve the man's purpose uh, or whatever um but then it also connects it with like the animal kingdom and how like the closest primates that we're related to as humans are bonobos and they live in like a very egalitarian uh type system where everybody has sex with each other it's just like very open and like um you know, it doesn't fit this whole, because like, I think a lot of people try to use the animal kingdom as like a, a means to um, bolster up monogamy and say, most animals are monogamous and humans are the same way. And basically this guy is just writing the book and like, just saying like, no, this is just factually not true. Yeah. Um, and so that book and then a podcast, another podcast that I was listening to at the time where the guy in the podcast was in a polyamorous relationship with his fiance. Um, and he talked about it all the time, like those two things just kind of like really completely shifted my paradigm for what I felt like, what I felt about like sexuality and um, monogamy and all that kind of stuff. Um, another huge aspect I think for me was that I grew up with a ton of sexual shame um, yeah. in the church because yeah. I masturbated all the time. How dare and, you? Right? How dare you? <laughs> touch your own body jesus is so mad at you (laughs) and it's it's so frustrating though like looking back on that because i realized it was something that was so like normal and just like real and seeing how much i like beat myself up for that and like how much shame i felt and self-loathing even and stuff like that because because i did this thing and couldn't stop um but aren't you so glad like as a parent you don't have to worry (laughs) about that like you don't yeah. have those, like if your kids masturbate, you can like, you don't even have to talk about it. Like, it no, just, so that was, yeah, that was like, happened was behind huge... closed doors. Like you don't even need to know. It's yeah. just like, it's such a relief to just be like, Oh, I don't have to make this a thing and try oh, yeah. to control them from like, please don't touch your own body. Yep. So well, I and we, a... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say we, um, so what we, one of the biggest things for us when we decided to leave ultimately was we were just like, we don't want our kids being raised in this culture where like yeah. or this religion where they're, you know, taught to be ashamed of themselves for just like touching them, their or own existing. bodies. And yeah. Right. Existing, yeah. Right. Um, so um, quick question. And then we're going to take another break is when you came across sex at dawn and that podcast, had you and heavenly milf had any discussions about being non-monogamous at that point? No, I don't think we had because um, that was, I think, just in the conversations that I had with her about the book and about the podcast is what really like kind of opened up the conversation for the two awesome. of us. Awesome. Okay, let's take a break yeah. and then let's get back to and just really dive deep into the yeah. dirty bits. Yes. Okay, <laughs> okay. awesome. Okay. See you in a minute. Uh... Yeah, thank you. Interesting. It has hello so you read the book you listened to the podcast and then you were uh, horny as hell uh, just kidding just kidding it's not about that you guys did you uh, two questions yeah how was your sex life with heavenly milf at that point second question is did you approach heavenly milf and say hey you should read this or i want to talk to you about something um Okay, so for our sex life, um, it definitely was not as like great as either of us were hoping it would be, right? right. Um, um, and again, it's like 
you know, I feel like it's all of this just like always ties back into the church and like the way that you're brought up. And like, yeah, I think, you know, I always struggled with this idea of like sex is just bad taboo, like this horrible thing that you're supposed to avoid for your entire life. Right. Like, um, and then the night that you get married, it's just a flip of a switch and you're right. supposed to have a fantastic like, sex and life. Just do it all. And do everything. Exactly. Yeah. Go yeah. for it. Yeah. yeah. Deprogramming does not work like that. Yeah. No, exactly. <gasps> Um, and especially when you combine that with years of shame and guilt and everything like that. Yeah. And so, Fun. so like, I think, um, yeah, it was just like, you know, there, there were definitely some aspects of it that were a struggle for us. And, and we have like a fantastic marriage. Like we've always been really happy with each other. Just very content. We communicate really well, like all that kind of stuff. And so this was sort of like the one area that was like kind of a pain point for us or right. whatever. Um, and when we first talked about it, I don't, I don't think it was like a serious thing where I was like planning on having like this discussion with her or anything like that. It was literally just like a casual conversation where I was like, yeah, I've been listening to this podcast and reading this book. Um, and then we just kind of started talking about it and how I thought it was interesting. And, um, and, you know, luckily we've kind of always had that relationship. <clears throat> it's really funny because she always talks about the first date that we ever went on and I took her to dessert somewhere in Salt Lake and the entire time I talked about how, how fascinated I am with psychedelic uh, drugs. <laughs> and This was when you were like super Mormon. And still she super, super Mormon. Mormon yeah. And she's super Mormon. And she was like, yeah, it was funny because like, I was really freaked out by it because I was like, cool, this guy is in crisis and ah! leave the church and go do a bunch of drugs. And here we are. <laughs> and here, here we are. We are. <laughs> <laughs> um and so we've kind of just always had that like relationship where we can kind of just talk about anything. And Amazing. so, um, and so I just brought, you know, brought up the podcast and the book and stuff and we just talked about it. And then um, it kind of just became this topic that would come up like pretty frequently. And um, at the same time, she started discovering that she was bisexual uh -huh. and that she had kind of like always been attracted to women Right. Um, I remember this. She would like make out with girls in high school and she was like, doesn't everyone make out with girls in high school? Exactly. Yeah. You're like, no, actually, no, most girls probably don't. Exactly. And it, it's so funny because like she was oblivious to it, but I was equally oblivious to it because like I remember her telling me that that she like had made out with a ton of her girlfriends and stuff and me like stupid, like horny, just like straight white man. I'm just like, oh, cool. That's like awesome. I love that. That's <laughs> awesome. But like. But yeah. like, no, like no thought of like, oh, maybe she's gay or maybe she's bisexual or something. And um, but then, yeah, so she like started kind of discovering that and exploring that in her mind. And um, and then it just kind of, yeah, I guess became this process, like where we would both talk about it together. Um, you know, at certain points, it would be like, yeah, like we could see maybe doing that someday. But like right now, our kids are super young, so it just doesn't seem very practical. Right. <clears throat> um. And the podcast that I was listening to, like I said, the guy was fully polyamorous. And for us, we were both just kind of like, yeah, I just don't know if I'm really into like the idea of like taking on multiple relationships, like right. separate from each other. Um, and we didn't really know too much about, <clears throat> I guess, all, <laughs> all the options out there, whatever you want to call it. Right. <clears throat> um, and so, um yeah, it was probably a good year or two that we just kind of talked about it. And it just was the subject that kept coming up. And then fairly recently, I think she really kind of started to feel like, yeah, like I'm bisexual. And this is like a, a side of me that I've never explored before. 
Um, and I think kind of starting to feel like that is something that she wanted to explore. And for me, it's like at that point, my whole like mindset around monogamy and everything had totally shifted. Um, and so I was just like, we, we had a conversation one night and we were just like, yeah, so like, maybe we should try this. Like, maybe we should try swinging. And um, so were you like threatened by that at all or nervous about that, that she was interested in women or you, were you kind of just like, okay, cool. Let's give this a, give this a try. Yeah. I think I was more just kind of like, yeah, like that, that doesn't really seem like a huge threat to me because I, you know, I think we both come from the place of an understanding where it's like, yeah, we're not, we're not like going to go meet somebody else and like run off with that person. Like we're still fully committed to each other yeah, and to our relationship and to our kids and, and everything like that. And so it was like, it wasn't like threatening to me that she wanted to like explore her sexuality, especially with other women. Uh Uh-huh. Wow. So then what? So then what happened next? <laughs> so I, I think she kind of mentioned this um, in her episode, but so we have two very different personalities in the way that we make decisions and approach things. Um, when she decides something, she just jumps in like yeah. head first, like fully on board with it. And I'm, I love to take my sweet time like, yeah, trying to make yeah. a decision. So it's like, if it weren't for her, I mean, honestly, we, I probably would have just kept talking about this forever and not really taken much action or anything. <laughs> but she was like, I'm ready. Let's go. Yeah. And so like we had the conversation and then like literally that night, probably 30 minutes later, she was sitting there on her phone and I was like, oh, what are you doing? And she's like, oh, I'm on some swinger apps. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was just was like, like, ready to go. Yeah. And so I was like, oh shit, like this is happening then. And she's like, yeah, we're doing, I mean, we said we're going to do it. And I was like, I guess so. So, <laughs> so we, amazing. Um, and so I was like, okay, I guess I'll get the apps too. Tell me which ones they are. And, then, <laughs> amazing. and then that was and, it. Yeah. And so we've heard a little bit about her experiences. Like, have you had experiences as well? Sexual experiences yeah. outside of Heavenly Milf. Yes. Yeah. So we've, um, mainly what we have done is in the swinging community, they call it a a full swap, um, which is where you essentially just trade spouses uh, kind of thing. And um, we've done that with like a few different couples now. And um, I think, you know, a really big thing for me too, is just like, especially after reading the book and all that kind of stuff, I was like, I, I really don't think it's realistic or even necessarily healthy to only experience one sexual partner in your entire life. Right. Um, <laughs> this is Sister Twain's favorite. This is my favorite. favorite. Thing ever. Yeah. yeah. And I, it's just, What's yeah. this book called again? Sex at Dawn. Sex at Dawn. Yeah. Gentle listeners. Definitely recommend it. Get yes. a copy. Get a copy for sure. Um, and yeah, and so that, it just kind of, and especially, you know, like, like I mentioned before, I was older when I got married. I was still a virgin. And, um, and so I was like, yeah, I think this is important for us to explore and for like me to also experience different sexual partners. And we can just, we can do this in a healthy way, um, where it's not cheating. We're not like going behind each other's backs or being like shitty and deceivious or whatever about it. Right. Um, and so So is it typically, so, cause we've had, you know, kind of a couple different types of swingers or polyamorous people so you yeah. guys aren't necessarily and and if i'm if i'm stating this wrong please correct me but you guys aren't necessarily looking for relationships with someone else it's more just for the fun and the sex and the and the connection that happens with that or or is that not true 
or do you not sorry. want to answer that? Sorry, sorry, you cut out there. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, like oh, in the middle of the question. Sorry about that. So I'm just asking, nice. like, are you guys at this point? Are you guys still just looking for like sex and connection and having a good time, or are you more in the space where you're looking to have like long term relationships with other people? Yeah, so that's that's what's been really fascinating about this is like I think everybody kind of has their ideas of what swinging is and. Um, for us, like getting into the whole lifestyle of it, we found that there's so many different approaches to yeah. how you can do it. And it's, it's been like really fascinating, but right now what we've, <clears throat> we've kind of decided is we're not really interested in like person, like, I guess like intimate relationships outside of each other. Uh-huh. Um, one is just like not really practical with our life right now. Like we have right. three toddlers, we both right. work. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Like it's, it's hard like, when you have toddlers to like go to a movie, yeah, let, exactly. alone, let alone date and have a relationship and with a whole other monogamy. person. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, we're also very content in our relationship with each other. Um, and so really what our biggest thing has been lately is just finding couples that we click really well with, um, that we can become really good friends with outside of just sexual encounters, uh-huh. but then also having like the sexual encounter aspect of it. Um, so I guess sort of like a friends with benefits kind of thing. So you have, you have couples you have revisited that you've had sex with more than once. Yes. Okay. Okay. And when you say full swap, does that mean like you and the, uh, wife of the other couple will have one-on-one time? So yeah, there's different ways to do it. Um, they, they call it like same room, full swappers, separate room, full swaps. There's also soft swaps, uh, which are like not uh sex basically it's like everything but penetration oh okay um we love a soft and... swap sounds great. <laughs> yeah. sounds, sounds great and so yeah so like some people are just into that and like they don't want to do the full swap or whatever but um yeah so what we've decided what we like is like the same room uh full swap um oh, so you're all four in the room exactly but you're yeah. not all four playing together right uh, so sometimes there is that. Yeah. So that's kind of been the fun thing is it's like, there is kind of an element of like interaction, everybody interacting with each other. Great. But then ultimately. Oh, the coffee is biting his fingers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's pretty hot. It is so hot. It's pretty hot. Yeah. Okay. It is. I mean, yeah, it's great. So there's a little bit of perhaps yeah. interaction together and then perhaps some alone time as well with the other partner. Yeah. And so we've, what we've found, like what we really like the most is um, where the, the two women will start together and they kind of like get things going. And then um, the men will kind of like, for lack of a better term, insert ourselves. (laughs) Into the situation. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Right. A metaphorical insertion. Exactly. Before an actual. Before the literal. Okay, Okay, great. Okay, great. So. So Sorry, have you guys ever had a threesome? We have. Yeah, we had one threesome. Um, and that was with, so it's kind of an interesting arrangement. We, um, so it was some friends that we found and we were planning on basically doing like the same kind of full swap thing with them, but they also have really young kids and honestly just kind of coordinating schedules with them became impossible. And so um, at one point, um, Danielle and the other heavenly wife. milf. Oh, sorry, heavenly milf. Gosh, it's fine. I don't care. <laughs> if you don't care, I don't care. We don't care. 
Heavenly Milf and the other the other wife like decided like, well, maybe we should just do like an arranged kind of like threesome thing where like one of us will go visit the other couple and then vice versa um, so that we can like make it fair or whatever. <clears throat> so then Heavenly Milf asked me if I would be okay with that. And I was like, yeah, I think that's fine. Like, I, I you know, it's fine. It's fine. It's, Sounds it's, fine. Twist my arm. It's, yeah. It's fine to do a threesome, I guess. Um, whatever. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and so we like we agreed to do this and then the way that it worked out um heavenly milf ended up going to them first uh-huh and so that night i was home with the kids by myself we <laughs> we decided to do a camp out in our backyards we set up the tent and everything and then um and then she went and had a threesome with them and <clears throat> the whole time i was sitting there and it was really surprising to me because I started just kind of feeling jealous about the whole thing and, uh-huh. and sort of like, you know, like, Oh, I, I don't know what's happening. Like it's it kind of bothered me that she like got in this sexy lingerie and like went over to their house and like, and like, yeah, just kind of surprised me that I got so jealous about it. And so then the, you know, she came <clears throat> home that night, we talked about it and I was like, yeah, it's, it's kind of weird because I'm kind of feeling jealous. Like, um and i didn't expect i didn't think that i was going to because at that point we had also swapped with other couples and so it's like i had like actively watched her have sex with another man right um and it it didn't bother me because i was like right there watching her or whatever yeah Mm. um Mm. so it was just kind of like foreign to me to feel that way and to feel jealous of the whole situation but um she was like well do you want to talk about it like what should what like i don't know like how can i help you with this or whatever I was like, you know, I think like, I don't know, I kind of just need to sit with this for a while because like, I don't really know um, where it's coming from. And, and so like, I kind of want to just like sit with this and, and process it and figure out why I'm feeling the way I am. <clears throat> um, and so then the next day, <clears throat> you know, I had some more time to think about it. Kind of was like, I guess like feeling a little bit more like understanding of why I was feeling that way. And um, I think really more than anything, it was just kind of like, the whole concept of like her getting like dressed up all sexy, like going to somebody else when I was like, yeah, we don't even really do that very often because, you know, yeah. Like, yeah. toddlers, we have like a busy right. life. Like, <laughs> right. Um, and so it's just kind of, like, we don't even do that kind of stuff for each other or with each other. And so it just kind of like made me jealous, like her going and doing that. And also like she had never had sex with them before. And so I think really for me, it became like this, you know, the fear of the unknown, Oh, yeah. sure. Where it's like, if I'm watching it happen and I'm there in the room, I'm like, oh, this isn't a threat. Like, it's not, you know, anything that I need to be worried about. Yeah. But then it's like this mysterious thing when she's going away to somebody Yeah, yeah, else. yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> um, and so, you know, ultimately it was fine. Like, our kind of our motto with all of this has just been like, yeah, like, let's just try different things because that's the whole point of this. And if there's stuff that um, makes us uncomfortable, then that just becomes kind of like a new boundary. Yeah. And and we'll just say, yeah, we don't really want to do that anymore. Yeah. So um, has that become a boundary? Are you not, like, were you able to kind of process through that? And it was like, no big deal. You do a three-way, a threesome again? Or are you kind of like, eh, the threesomes feel a little weird. Let's stick to just, like, swapping with other couples for now. Yeah, so I think it's not it's not something that I'm just, like, it's a hard no, but I'm a little more hesitant about it, I think. Okay. Um, because we did, so we did also have a threesome with that other wife. Like she, she still came to us yeah. um, after that. 
and it was great like super fun and everything um but also it's it's kind of like i think for uh heavenly milf and i we we both kind of feel like the full swaps are a little bit um, more comfortable more comfortable like logistic logistically they're also a lot easier right um four people is strange, easier than three people exactly yeah, yeah. It's like yeah three people is, it's an odd number you know and you're just right. kind of like so, trying to keep everybody entertained left out a little bit yeah exactly yeah um and so that's kind of where we're at right now and yeah i wouldn't say like we'd say a hard no to any threesome but it's just like we're maybe a little more hesitant to that than the full swap so Wow. So my final question, and, and just because that's my final question doesn't mean you can't like add anything else that you want to add about your um, non-monogamy experience. But my final question for me is, has your one-on-one sex life with Heavenly Milf improved? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's, I think the biggest aspect of it is that we now both feel a lot more comfortable just being very open and honest about like what we want. And yeah. Um, and that's such a huge thing, right? Like, I think we figured out like the, a huge issue in our sex life was that we had a hard time being vulnerable with each other in a way that oh. we're like, no, this is what I like. And this is like, yeah. what's important to me. And, and so this is kind of just this whole lifestyle is just kind of breaking down those barriers because it's like, oh, like we can actually communicate about these things. And it's like, we can have experiences with other people. And then bring that back into our own sex life and be like, okay, this is, you know, this other person did this. I really liked that. Like, let's implement that into our own sex life. Well, and that's the crazy fucked up thing about Mormonism is that like, like you said, you're, it's this forbidden evil thing for your whole life. And then like one day you go through this ceremony in the temple and then suddenly it's like, go to town on each other. It's like, you don't have the, you don't, you probably don't know your own self and your own body, nor do you have the vocabulary to talk about like pleasure or about what you want or about what you're attracted to, or, you know, like you can't just make that switch from sex being this like dirty, gross, disgusting thing that's evil to the sex being this like amazing, wonderful thing, Mm -mm. you know, like you just don't, you don't have the tools to have that conversation. And so it's no wonder that when you're in this relationship and you've only ever been with each other and whatever, that, it's really hard to say like, oh, this is actually like, this is what I'm into or this is what I want or this is what feels good to me because you don't have those, you don't have that vocabulary. Like that's been forbidden to talk about for, you know, 28, 30 years of your life. And then suddenly you're just supposed to be fluent and and totally comfortable talking about it. It makes no sense. Exactly. Yeah. And even for Heavenly Milf, I mean, she, you know, most of her life didn't grow up like super involved with the church, but she said the same thing. She's like, I still experienced that like sexual shame culture um growing up in utah even though i wasn't like super mormon yeah exactly exactly yeah it's here here. oh lord um (laughs) okay so we have our kind of five questions to wrap up but is there anything else you wanted to share or talk about or advice or whatever for anyone else that might be in this similar situation yeah i mean i just i think definitely recommend that book sex at dawn um i more than anything i think people should just be open to changing their minds about like the the things that they believe especially with regard to sex and sexuality um and just you know be be willing to kind of look past this like structure of patriarchy and like the fucked up sexuality that it's created and 
look at like, oh, like there are actually other options out there right. that not only are probably better, but also healthier. Um, yeah. And just because like you have a desire to have sex with other people, like doesn't mean you're doing something wrong. Like you're actually no. very normal yes. biologically and, and otherwise. And so it's like, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of my plug. Yes. <laughs> it's just, awesome. I love it. Be open to it. So did sister Twain send you the five questions? I did not. Okay. Are you no, but... to answer the five questions or not? Yeah, really? I, I think I'm good. Um, okay. Heavenly Mill prepped me right before. Okay. So. okay good. You guys, this is sister Twain's job. Cause she arranges these interviews in a lot of cases. It's her job to send the questions. And then I'm like, let's do the five questions. And the guest is like, I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. So question number one, um, if your topic was a cocktail, what is it called and what's in it? okay um this one was kind of hard because i don't drink cocktails <laughs> okay do you um, drink at all i do yeah so i usually just do uh wine whiskey or beer those are kind of okay, my great. go-tos great um but i i came up with a cool name for a cocktail at least and okay. one that i thought of was a temple fist fight <gasps> oh and... what's in it so I think I was just going to do, it's probably pretty similar to like a whiskey sour, like a Manhattan or like something like that. Just like something with whiskey, maybe some citrus in there and like some ice, like just okay, I'm going to work on this. I love this. The temple fist fight. And so tell us, tell us about the name though. Yeah. So the name, um, when in kind of like all of my historical exploring, when I was leaving the church, um, I, I, I found this story because I became really fascinated with the historical, uh, aspect of alcohol in Utah. Uh-huh. and and in the mormon church specifically and i read this story about in the kirtland temple there was a story about where joseph smith and all of the apostles got super drunk on wine in the <laughs> temple and had a fist fight <laughs> oh because God. they were just like hammered and they disagreed on something and so they just started beating the shit out of each other i love it i love a temple fist fight <laughs> and i was just like that's so cool like why are we hiding this history I know. Like, why aren't we like... talking about that that's so fucked up this is the future we want. Okay, so question two, which golden girl are you? Or are you too young to know who the golden girls are? No, I, so I actually love this question because when I was a little kid, I would always watch golden girls. Um, <laughs> Preach. Like I was, <laughs> so I was born in the 80s. So it's like, I think I was just right at the cusp there to be yeah. like just old enough to watch it. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but I, I do admit I had to go back and do like an online quiz to figure out who okay. I was. That's fair. Um, the quiz said Dorothy. Okay. Okay. So, she's wow. like a straight talker. She's a straight shooter. She tells it like it is. Wow. She's smart and intelligent. Anyway, we love Dorothy. Um, okay. So if, if you hadn't been on the show to talk about non-monogamy, if you were on another podcast, what is something that you could talk about and be an expert on? Um, probably psychedelic drugs. That's what okay. I thought you were Preach. Say. Okay. We should talk offline. Yeah. And you I, should teach me some things. <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely obsessed. Um, and like, that's been one of the greatest things about leaving the church is that I can now explore all of that as much as I want without, you know, jeopardizing my status or anything like that. So I love your it. eternal salvation. Your eternal yeah, salvation. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> I'm still terrified of psychedelic drugs. So let's, let's chat. And you because can... he's terrified of Nancy Reagan. I'm terrified of Nancy Reagan and I'm terrified yeah. of facing my dark inner self. <laughs> so I don't want to do either of those things. So That's good old sure. Nancy Reagan. Oh, yeah. Man. She really fucked me up. Um, okay. Number four, what is one thing you want to ask us? Um, 
let's see. I was trying to, I had a couple questions, but I was trying to remember. I mean, how do, how do you guys like podcasting? I mean, this isn't like super related to Mormonism or anything like yeah, that. But no, that's like, fine. I'm fascinated with podcasting and I just want to know like how you guys have liked doing this for as long as you have. We, well, I'll start. Okay, you go. We, I love it. Uh-huh. I, every week I'm shocked that people want to listen. <laughs> like I just cannot <laughs> believe that I'm like, for sure they're sick of us now. Right. Like for sure. But that, you know, also is I'm sure my yeah. own issues or whatever, but I'm shocked <laughs> that people want to listen, but it's really been like we some we get the nicest letters from people who really like their lives were like changed by this podcast right. and that was That's not awesome. our intention no no we no, just no. thought we were funny and we just thought we should make yeah. a podcast so but people write letters and they're like oh my god i'm in the process of leaving the church and you've like really been so helpful to me and like it blows our minds right That's my awesome. my my answer for you is um I hate it. You're like, number number one, I hate <laughs> it. I hate this fucking thing and, then and I, I want to go home. And then I get my keys and I yeah. go home. And then you leave. Um, no, but like, it has helped me to um, reconcile a lot of things. It's helped me to like self-actualize a little bit more. And um, the fact that people listen and that we happen to be like actually helping people is really just the gravy because I I feel like I get to do so much of my own processing. <coughs> Even mm-hmm. when we do a dumb top five, right? Like the top five H words that we are that aren't horny. Right. And <laughs> um, <laughs> I, it hap- It turned out to be like a really like informative, like self-informative episode for yeah. me. Yeah. So, uh, so that is why I keep going. I will say this too, like if anyone's listening to this who is like thinking of starting a podcast, because I think people get really hung up on like the production values of a podcast and like they need to have the right mics and the right editing software and what are they going to do and blah, blah, blah. And like, we should probably do some of that. (laughs) Like we should probably have some better mics and some editing software. But I think like if you have a story to tell and a point of view, there are going to be people that are going to want to listen oh, to yeah. that. And oh. it doesn't matter if you have like the best mics in the world and the best editing software. No, like, it doesn't matter. You like what matters so much more is your voice and your personality and all of that stuff. And like, yeah, we could do some things to make the sound quality a little better. We probably never will. Cause we're very lazy, but, <laughs> but like, I think people like let that be a barrier of entry. Like, Oh, well I need to save up money and I need to get a great mic and I need to do this and I need to blah, blah, blah. I don't think that's true. I you think you just need to like, go like go tell your stories and find people that want to listen to your stories absolutely so, absolutely anyway what's the next awesome. what's the... okay the last question is what do you know to be true now what's yeah, your inner that's... truth yeah um honestly i think yeah as cliche as it sounds i think just love like just love each other like i um one of the <laughs> It's funny because I, I talk about this stuff and I feel like so kind of like dumb sometimes because I think it, I feel like it sounds like all like woo woo, like spirituality, like kind right. of weird stuff. But um, in one of the more like formative, like psychedelic trips that I had, um, I remember at one point there was just this phrase that like kept coming into my mind and it just kept saying love is the language of the universe. And, and it was just like. I think that is something that we as humans just fail at miserably all the time is being willing to just, to just like, just love each other as we are with all of our messiness and everything. Um, But then it's also kind of just become this like cliche thing to say. Um, But 
that's kind of like I feel like that's the only thing that I just feel like I really know now because everything else is just kind of up in the air like there's I don't feel like I really have solid evidence or proof for anything um but I'm also totally at peace with that you know like I don't feel like I have to know those things and that's okay right right yes that's a good one that is a really really good one okay well sky daddy thank you so much this has been fascinating yeah thanks for having me on it's been kind of hot (laughs) so hot (laughs) kind of hot um (laughs) but you guys are lovely and we wish I think you're both like way wiser than your years yeah, you know absolutely. like and so we just wish you all the best and hope everything keeps going really well for you and yeah thanks it, it means a lot to me um that you would do this because um uh, i well it speaks a lot to my character that you agreed does it i'm just kidding <laughs> no totally well we appreciate it i don't know what that weird ending was from sister <laughs> But anyway, we appreciate it. We love you guys. Hopefully we can have a hot drinks gathering again in the future when there's not a pandemic. We should we yeah. can hang out and share some drinks. Absolutely. And talk about psychedelics. That would be amazing. That's what he I, was getting. I can at. talk about that all day. So that'd be all great. Right, I can't wait. <laughs> all right. Okay. Thank you, Sky Daddy. Okay. Thanks, guys. Okay. Talk to you later. All bye. Right, bye.